loves me. He loves me like I've never been loved before. I don't even know the fullness of his love yet. I've, I've got the rest of eternity for him to be demonstrating. You know, Ephesians says for, for the rest of eternity, he's going to be demonstrating his loving kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I want to read it to you just so I say it right. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, that in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. It's going to take us the rest of eternity just to know how good he is, just for us to be able to grasp it, for us to be able to experience how kind God is, how loving and merciful he is, how compassionate he is. His heart is so compassionate towards us. He wants us to be glad and rejoice in that. And the more you look at it, let me, let me give you a key here. This is an important key. The more you focus on his goodness, the more he shows you his goodness. It's like when you begin to look at something under a microscope, the more you look, the closer you look, the more you're able to see. My friend Annette Capps, she was talking about quantum physics and talking about that when you find the quark, it says the interesting thing about that quark is the more you look at it, the more it moves. It doesn't really respond to you until you begin looking at it. And, and what a way uh, to use as an illustration. The more you look at God's goodness, the more you're going to see it begin to move in your life. The more you're going to, this is the time we need to be focused on Him. We need to be trusting in Him. We need to be so consumed with His kindness, so obsessed with thinking about how loving He is, so uh, busy, let's use that word, keeping our mind occupied, so occupied, I like that better, so occupied with His compassion towards me. You know, there's a lot of things that, that the, the world wants you to be occupied with right now. But the greatest thing we could be occupied with is his compassion towards us. And the way to do it is rejoice. When you're rejoicing, you're focusing on his goodness and stirring up. So I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy for you have considered my trouble. He goes on, I just want to uh, touch on a, a couple more verses in this chapter because this whole chapter is dealing with trust and different aspects of trust. Verse 9 says, Have mercy upon me, Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye is consumed with grief, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones are consumed. He goes on and he's talking about the difficulty that he's going through. And a lot of times when we're teaching on faith, we get the idea, or let me say this, when we're learning about faith, we get the idea, it's not necessarily what we're being taught, but sometimes we just kind of get the idea as it's being taught that we're never supposed to identify that we have a problem, that we're supposed to, nope, nope, don't have a problem, don't have a problem, don't have a problem. That's not faith. He was identifying his problem and he was dealing with it in a way, he wasn't poor mouthing to God, he wasn't complaining to God, he was just acknowledging, Lord, this is what I'm going through. 
This is the difficulty that I'm having. And we know that because he comes to the place in verse 14. He has acknowledged. And if there's anybody you can get the problem off your chest to, it's God. If there's anybody you can, can really share what you're going through to, it's the Lord. And that's what we see here. In verse 14, he pulls it back to the answer. And he says, but I trusted in you, O Lord, I said, you are my God. So even when you're dealing with very difficult situations and you, you are in that moment where you're discussing it with the Lord and you're telling Him, Lord, this is what I'm going through. This, of course, He knows, but sometimes we need to, to share, to e- express, but keep it in line with the trust. But... I trusted in you, O Lord. I said, you are my God. Hallelujah. I said, you are my God. Now, the reason I wanted to to at least touch on this before we close is in the midst of all of that situation, the temptation is to say something else. You know, the Israelites said, why did God bring us out here to die? We're going to die in the wilderness. We're, our carcasses are going to rot out here in the wilderness. We should have stayed back in Egypt. They said a lot of things, but none of it was trust. They said a lot of things, and it was all distrust. And God was so merciful with them over and over again. He showed himself faithful, even in their unfaithfulness. He showed himself trustworthy, even when they weren't. They were out there making a golden calf and God had mercy. He showed himself merciful. He showed himself faithful and he gave them opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to learn to trust him. And one of the biggest difficulties they encountered was what they allowed to come out of their mouth. In the middle of difficulty, even if you aren't, even if your emotions aren't feeling it, open your mouth and let your spirit talk and say, I trust God. I trust God. I will not be disheartened. And we, another great example is David when he said, Oh, my soul, why are you disquieted in me? We're going to hope in God. You see how he's putting, he's pulling that trust back over? Hope thou in God, for he is yet the health of my countenance. He's the lifter of our head. We can hope in him. So when we're experiencing difficult situations, what we say is going to keep us connected to our trust that we've already made the decision. We've committed to it. We've been joying and rejoicing and being glad. And then when situations come, we need to continue to verbalize, I trust God. God is my help. He is the lifter of my head. Amen. I want to pray for you before we close today. Father, I thank you for our church family, for every person connected with this ministry. Father, for our partners. Lord, we release our faith in you, our trust, and we determine in this moment, Father, we trust in you with all of our heart. We will not lean to our own understanding. We commit our way unto you, Lord, and you will bring it to pass. And Father, we thank you for your wisdom. 
for the leading of your spirit, for your word that corrects us and your word that strengthens us. And we thank you, Lord, for your covenant, that you are a covenant-keeping God. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Well, before we close, just a reminder, Proverbs, Living Proverbs 31 Women's Meeting is going to be online Saturday, 10 o'clock. You can find it on the YouTube channel and you can find it on the Facebook Live. Uh, we will be joining together for corporate prayer Sunday morning at 9 o'clock uh, and uh, that will be on all of the platforms online. And soon and very soon, we will be back together. And until then, we're going to honor our government, honor uh, the governor in both, both states and, and um, do our part to show uh, our compliance with what, what they have asked of us. And we're going to bless our government. Let's, let's do that right now. Let's just bless our leaders. Amen. Father, we just release your blessing over our president, over our governors, all of those who are in decision-making uh, uh, places in our states and in our country. Father, that you would guide and strengthen them during this time. Father, we, we thank you for all of those who are uh, health care workers on the front lines dealing uh, with the people in the hospitals and all of the doctors and the nurses Father, bless and strengthen and keep them in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for your victory in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, church family. Let's declare the vision of our church before we close.